Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And I am Lucas. Yes. Also not known Lewis. as the expert minion meme connoisseur. <laughs> so I guess I'm sort of uh, giving giving away what our, our film today is, but I'll, I'll let you handle it, Nick. No, no please, please. Uh, Lucas, what is our film today? For our first guest, introduce our film. Well, uh, our film today is the 2015 classic Minions <laughs> yes. uh, from Illumination Studios. Uh, it is a prequel to the Despicable Me film series. Yeah, so in case in case any of our listeners haven't figured it out yet, we are doing our first guest episode. We have my friend Lucas on. Um, Hell yeah, folks. And, and we, we chose this movie because, as he said, uh, he is the Minion Master. Um, why why are you the minion master lucas tell us please enlighten us <laughs> thank you um i don't know really it just sort of started out as uh trolling boomers on facebook uh i've noble. been banned noble. from commenting on several minion meme uh facebook pages uh because you know they post a lot of boomer memes uh mm-hmm. with you know stupid uh cliche phrases and whatnot uh, but oftentimes they'll post them without a picture of a minion accompanying yes. the, the the quotation uh, yes. so every time i would see one of those i would comment not a minion or this isn't a minion <laughs> or something to that effect uh and i guess i just got under their skin rightfully so you know i'm uh mm-hmm. it's a noble crusade uh but yeah i got banned from a couple of those pages uh and then it just sort of snowballed into <laughs> sincerely liking the minions <laughs> uh, and you know i think not to get on my soapbox oh, here but you know the minions uh could lead us to a proletarian revolution which i guess we'll sort of talk about in this episode yeah i mean th- this is the place um this is the best place to get onto your minion soapbox like this is, this is what we're here for <laughs> um so yeah soap soapboxes are encouraged um but had you seen the minion films or like any of the properties prior to commenting on boomer pages or was the boomer pages nope. your introduction i had you know i was tangentially aware of the minions i mean it's kind of hard not to know yes. what the minions are yep. they're so pervasive in the culture um but i honestly had never seen a despicable me film until (laughs) this week (laughs) i was just obsessed with the minions and just you know sort of obsessed with the minions as a meme uh that i had you know never seen the films wow but the films are just fueling my obsession now so (laughs) i think that speaks to their power because like (laughs) i i no seriously i had never seen any any of the movies the despicable me or this movie um, but I see the, the damn minions everywhere. They, they, <laughs> oh, yeah. they are an infectious invasive species into the meme biosphere. Yeah. You know, like those, um, those like claw games that you see few and far between nowadays, mm-hmm. but like anytime I see a, one of those claw games, usually at like actually like Chinese buffets, it's all minions yes. shit. Like it's <laughs> yeah. not even like, it's nothing else. It's just minions. It's just different versions of the minions that we see in this film in the, in those claw games. They are pervasive across all cultures because you know as you said chinese restaurants you see them every restaurant i've worked in all the kitchen staff are you know not from the united states and they fucking love the minions (laughs) i think it's you know and the minions have that sort of vague language that can be interpreted as french or or spanish or even you know as all 
sort of get into later Russian. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're, you know, they're anybody who speaks any language or is from any culture can can vibe with the minions. Yeah. It's interesting that they don't speak Esperanto. Uh, that would be interesting. <laughs> I, know, like, oh, I was actually, I was talking to um, my fiance was raised Baha'i and they're like, you know, one of the leading proponents of Esperanto as I, uh, as really? I understand it. Yeah. Huh. So you, you have some kind of um, really personal touchstone kind of vaguely with the minions. I had, yeah. I mean, well, I had never, <laughs> like I had never really heard of Esperanto until I listened to y'all's Blade episode and then I looked <laughs> oh, yeah. it up and I was like, oh yeah, the Baha'i really like it. And then I asked her and she was like, yeah, they, they like think that'll Damn. be the, the ultimate language one day. <laughs> our, sh- wow. our show is educational real time <laughs> folks. See? Yep. Um, but back to the matter at hand, the minions um, came out in 2015 directed by Pierre Coffin and Kyle Balda um, starring Sandra Bullock, John Hamm, Michael Keaton, Allison Janney, Steve Coogan, Jennifer Saunders, Jeffrey Rush, and Steve Carell. Um, I didn't recognize any of those voices <laughs> in this movie. I recognize Michael Keaton, but that's the only one. Uh, who who is he? He was um, what's their name? The he's the the patriarch. Yeah, of the, Walter the, Nelson. The oh, family. The, yeah, yeah, the suburban family. He, he was mm-hmm. he was the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker. Yeah, that was him. Mm-hmm. The Joker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this this movie is a prequel to Despicable Me One. Um, takes place in 1968, I believe. Yep. Um, I mean, it takes place of, from you know four billion years ago, <laughs> dawn of, takes, the dawn of takes, all life. But you know, mostly yeah, 1968. It, I tried to find if like creationists were upset about this film, and I, I just I couldn't <laughs> find anything. Like if you type in minion creationism in Google, just nothing pops up. So. Get on that. Yeah. Come on. Like I thought like maybe the um <laughs> the Ark, the like the Ark Museum oh, in Ken, Ken yeah. yeah, I thought Ken they would Ham. be like really yeah. upset about this film, but nothing. You know, the minions truly are eternal. Yeah. They've been around for billions and billions of years and they're still around. In a in a distinctly postmodern sense too, because they were just created a few years ago. But uh-huh. they've always they've always they've been always been there. <laughs> they've always <laughs> been they've always been there, even though they're fabricated. Um <laughs> Man, it's there's a lot to dig into here. So. <laughs> so yeah, we have a review by Christopher Orr of the Atlantic. Most reviews are the same for this movie. No one liked it. Uh, it had well, no reviewer liked it. I should say. Um, it's interesting though. I thought the ratio would be different. So it's like a fifty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience is actually only forty-nine percent. I actually thought the really? audience would be like ninety five percent. Would be way higher. Yeah, yeah, I thought like all the fucking boomers would be on like Rotten Tomatoes, just like inflating yeah. the score. But no, it actually is a lower score. So I was surprised by that. Yeah, that's kind of that's much lower than I thought. Yeah, would have thought. Yeah. You know. um, so Christopher Orr writes: There's plenty of high velocity comic inanity on display to keep kids happily diverted, and the minions themselves are consistently amusing. Though, unsurprisingly, they demonstrate that they're better suited to be comic grace notes than full-on protagonists. The movie's major problem is an extension of its own premise. Search as they may, the minions never find a villain villain uh, worthy of their subservience. Scarlet Overkill as a slapdash figure who never coheres as a character, and Bullock isn't a gifted enough comedian to elevate the material she's been given. I don't know. I I thought the three central minions, because this movie does focus on three of them, they were fairly well defined for being identical yellow blobs. Yeah, I thought they were characterized like, you know, they have distinct personalities. Uh, yeah, I was 
pleasantly surprised <laughs> going into it. Uh, you know. Yeah, but, I thought they yeah. were fine protagonists. I, I'm not really sure what he's trying to drive at. Yeah, yeah, they like we said, they don't speak English, but um, they're able to emote. Uh, they yeah. have mm-hmm. uh, different wants and needs. Um, and I also don't agree with his characterization of Sandra Bullock. I, th- I thought uh, the Scarlet Overkill villain figure that the minions latch on to was interesting. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's a weird that's a weird um, slight against her too. He's like, oh, by the way, yeah, she's not a gifted enough comedian when she's really funny. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <I've, laughs> that's hasn't that been like every movie she's been in for the past like ten years has been yeah. a comedy. It, like she's yeah, literally. I mean, with it, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. I, I, so I don't understand that. Also, is like yeah. spelling comedian C O M E D I E N N E. Is that like female comedian? I've never like I've never seen yeah. that before. Yeah. C- comedian that that's like the kind of archaic way of of designating a female comic interesting interesting yeah, yeah. so this guy is just a trad calf okay got it cool <laughs> this guy's a trad calf obviously very surprised <laughs> oh yeah that's that's another thing i wanted to mention i'm surprised that you know as soon as y'all skyped me i didn't burst into flames because i'm not confirmed <laughs> i was baptized <laughs> catholic yeah. but i was never confirmed <laughs> oh damn i'm surprised like, I'm this is your confirmation on. actually if you, if you <laughs> make it through <laughs> this uh, my confirmation name is going to be Kevin. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Saint Kevin. I guess Nick, that, that, that's Kevin? going to lead you into it. Is there a Saint Kevin? There's what? Uh, I, th- I don't know. I think there must be. All right. We'll put it in the show notes, folks. What he's the patron saint of. I mean, uh, work over uh, subservience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there are three main minions, Kevin, Bob, and Stuart. Um, the movie really focuses on them. Kevin is the leader. He kind of wants to uh, prove himself and find a home for the the minions that stay uh, in the minion society back home. Um, Bob is baby. Um, he's like he's, he's he's like a he's just like the youngest one, and he's he just gets into a lot of trouble and he's hyperactive. Um, and Stuart is like I guess he's the fail son of this of this movie. He's like the he's, lazy. He's kind of cool. Yeah, he he's kind of he cool, plays a but he, musical instrument and is kind of yeah. laid back. Yeah, and he's in yeah. love yeah. with um, fire hydrants, yellow fire. Hydrants. Yeah, he wants mm-hmm. to fuck fire yeah. hydrants <laughs> <laughs> like several times. Too. It's not just a one-off. <laughs> no, yeah, at least twice. Yeah. So as as we were saying earlier, uh, this the the introduction to this movie kind of really does span like the the history of of life on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like it, <laughs> We do this fast forward through um, the primordial soup all the way up like to caveman times and then the minions work for, for Napoleon. Um, and I'm surprised they didn't do like a, a short gag on that, like with oh, Napoleon, because yeah. that, that just seems like low hanging fruit. I mean, he <laughs> is like gag. about the height of the minion, like they launched the cannon at him or whatever. And he's he's obviously pretty short, yeah. but it could have. Yeah, it definitely could have been uh, more mm-hmm. evident. Yeah, I mean, it, it was so it was so funny to see them with Napoleon, and that their their failure, I guess, at Waterloo, which yes. causes Napoleon to lose the war. <laughs> I love that. That that causes the minions to go into exile. Um, does do we ever Much learn like Napoleon? That it, is it is it just like um, Siberia or the North Pole or something? Well, I assumed it was Antarctica because yeah. the first stop in their journey is Australia. Right, right. right. Although yeah, they like find yetis, the ocean, they get... so could it be like the Himalayans? Yeah, I mean, 
It could be, but it's also, you know, a child's movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if geographical accuracy is really... Yeah, that's true. They do jump from Australia to India at one point. To, yeah. Literally o- just over literally a Literally just over yeah. a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, minions, minions don't really exist in real life. <laughs> no, we just established earlier they do. Actually, yeah, like, they do. They do. In a, in a postmodern sense, they definitely do. Um, so, yeah, they... They get. I found this really interesting. Like on on a psychological level, the minions need a boss to survive, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucked up. Um, they they need to have like a tyrant to to follow to to live to their fullest potential. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're incomplete without a master, um, like biologically and, and sociologically. Which mm-hmm. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. I I. It was my one big sort of pause when I was trying to shoehorn this into like a leftist reading (laughs) Um, was that the minions can't exist without a a boss. But it seems like, I don't know, throughout history, the minions sort of always wind up killing their bosses, uh, which is kind of a a cool thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like they always need a boss, but the boss always ends up dying. And also, I, I don't know, I think, like, a lot of people would feel useless without work or a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that work or meaningful work sort of uh, drives the human will to live. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't hate the, the need for a boss as much as, you know, I probably should. <laughs> I might not be a good leftist, but uh, you know, I, I can I can sort of see where you can make a, an argument that work is sort of what drives what drives people. Yeah, I mean, um, they're always they're always constructing things in in their kind of society that they, that they slept together in Antarctica. They um, they do their best to like provide for each other. Mm-hmm. It's just. They they need that like binding figure of the boss, um, and yet yeah, you 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 hit upon that idea that like they do bring ruin to everyone that they follow, um, so maybe their nature's way of like correcting, yeah, correcting top down capitalism, correcting bosses yeah. that get too big for their britches, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and once they run through every boss that the evolu- <laughs> that the evolutionary change will, will like will produce, um, they'll realize they don't need a boss and they'll just mm-hmm. live in in an anarcho communist. Uh, commune for like, for like a worldwide commune yeah. the well, final boss is me four on its way there is despicable me four on its way so that could happen in despicable yeah. me four yes. uh, yeah. could happen in minions Two: the rise of Gru. <laughs> right. uh, so, you know there's there's two more minion films in the pipe so we'll see oh my God. fingers crossed <laughs> spoiler alert folks uh Gru dies at the end of despicable me four <laughs> Uh, he is killed by the minions, <laughs> or better yet, Gru becomes just another minion. And oh, minion, yeah. He he, uh, he paints his he get, he gives himself jaundice and he paint, he wears <laughs> he wears overalls. <laughs> you know, I will say that uh, you know, having seen the other Despicable Me films, Gru definitely seems like the most uh, righteous leader, or the most sort of mm. less less gonna take take advantage of his minions than somebody like Scarlet. What what's his deal? He he's like a supervillain. Yeah. So basically, the the world of Despicable Me one exists. Uh, you know, in a world where supervillains are like fairly common, mm-hmm. uh, and Gru's kind of like a shitty supervillain. Uh, 
uh, or you okay. know not not necessarily shitty or i mean he is but uh he's also kind of pure like he does it for the you know the sake of loving being a villain whereas okay. there are other villains who do it because they want power or they want money uh but Bru- okay. Bru is just sort of in it for the love love of the game okay that's that's interesting that's um yeah, he, he's kind of like a figure who doesn't do it for profit. He does yeah. it because it's his passion. That's... Yeah, like the, the, the main villains of Despicable Me 1 are a bank and then the banker's fail son oh. kid who looks like Bill Gates. So, <laughs> <laughs> Holy wow. shit, we, we might actually have to have you back on in future <laughs> no, episodes. No, Despicable Me 1, I've said it before. I said it's you, Nick, but it is like kind of legitimately Marxist-Leninist yeah. propaganda. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, we might have to do that. Yeah. And maybe is the sub-villain like Common Core? You said that uh, Bill Gates is the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, so yeah, back, back to the, the movie at hand. Um, Which movie? Minions. Oh, Minions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Minions. Okay. Minions, <laughs> Minions 1. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Kevin, Bob, and Stuart kind of band together because they, they realize that the, the little commune they have isn't, isn't really working out, and they need to find a boss. They need to find a villain. Um, and they, they travel to New York city, 1968. And we, we get a title card saying that, um, I don't know. They, they don't do, they don't do too much from a plot perspective in New York. It's just like a bunch of sight gags. Yeah. Yeah. They just learn about villain con, but yeah, the majority of it is just sight gags and like cultural signifiers. Um, you know, they, they go to like a, uh, yeah, there's hippies. They go to, uh, they squat in a department store. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which do, are like they do, which is, they're like a big thing in the Despicable Me series, like this movie, and then like in the first two films, they like spend a lot of time in malls and stuff. So I don't know if there's like if they're trying to say something about consumerism, but there's you you can make a case there. Hmm. I mean, it's it's a natural environment of the Minion in mm-hmm. our world, right? Um, yeah, that's my thought. It, mm-hmm. That's it's like self perpetuating. <laughs> like they have to get people to want to go to malls again so then you can buy yes. minion shit right minion I mean, stuff <laughs> yeah you got to consolidate minion shit in one place and what place <laughs> it better for that than a mall but of course in america malls really are a dying breed so we got to put mm-hmm. some propaganda to create malls again i mean that's also part of stranger things season three so look at that that's a conspiracy right there yeah uh lots of um lots of mall media uh coming out contemporaneously I was just sort of going with the, you know, we are all minions and we are all, we all exist to shop and to work. And right. that's what malls are for. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And in their case, that's my galaxy live. brain take. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty, pretty shortly after they, they arrive in, in New York, they, they start, they, they find out about like, basically Comic-Con uh, plays a role in the plot of this movie. Um, but for villains... Yeah, so there's this thing called Villain Con, and uh, they learn about it by watching uh, what are they? The dating game. They're watching the dating game. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's three yes. bachelors, three stand-ins. Yeah, three stand-ins. Who Kevin Stewart and Bob, and right before the woman says, "I choose," uh, the the signal cuts out. You know, because it's an old uh, TV with the rabbit ears. Uh, Bob gets on top and he starts moving the rabbit ears around and they and they get the secret channel for villain con and we see a commercial <laughs> for this villain convention in Orlando Florida where you can find uh, you know the villain that you want to be the henchman for uh, and buy gadgets and, and such and uh, Scarlet Overkill the, the the biggest baddest villain is there for a keynote uh, talk or something like that also um 
the the host of that announcement who introduced uh, VillainCon on TV, he gave me kind of like a Stanley vibe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I Definitely. see that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, the VillainCon they say it's being held in Orlando. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Orlando. Yeah. So that they they bring in their quest to Orlando, um, and they start walking, <laughs> start walking from, New <laughs> from New York to Orlando. Yes. Uh, and that and that's where we meet. Um, kind of one of the better uh little sequences of the movie i think mm-hmm, they definitely they go hitchhiking and they get picked up by what, what's the family's name um, nelson yeah the nelson family um they're like i kind of read them as like the 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 dark mirror image of the manson family because mm-hmm. because they were like very clean cut like traditional patriarch uh, wife and into uh smiling children um but yeah, they're, they're, they're a, like they're a, a nuclear family in a, a station wagon yeah, yeah. Doesn't get much doesn't get much more American than that. Although they had a cat and not a dog, I actually felt like mm-hmm. that's where it. Yeah, it it loses its verisimilitude. But you know, well that that's the hint. That's that's the one crack in the facade that shows. Oh, they're, they're not smart. quite what it. Yeah. They're not quite what they look. Yeah, that decrepit black <laughs> yeah. cat is the tell. Okay, I like that. That's a good read. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were legitimately creepy. They um, they're like very smiley. It it it, it wasn't like cheesy like overly in your face creepy it was just they were a little too friendly mm-hmm. they were a little too mm-hmm. agreeable they were a little too happy to pick up three minions and come on we'll just wait here while we go rob this bank and like we shoot people <laughs> yeah <laughs> the first gun he pulls out was actually fairly realistic looking like i was like holy shit mm-hmm. guns exist <laughs> in this <laughs> like real, real guns there's real guns yeah damn <laughs> yeah but then when um, they he pulls out another gun and it just shoots like paintballs when they when they're mm-hmm. avoiding the cops I was kind of disappointed yeah, with that. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit. Of, you can't be too bit. violent when you're shooting at the cops. You just got to <laughs> shoot paintballs at their windshield unless you're shooting a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, they, they do they do that too. And the minions do that. Yeah. 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 The minions uh yeah. Yeah, the minions. A-cab. Yes. A-cab minions. <laughs> uh yellow lives matter. Not blue lives. So. <laughs> Uh, then we we arrive in Orlando, and Orlando's a swamp. But secretly, um, the the location is an underground lair where they have uh, they have San Diego Comic Con in Orlando, um, and they meet a bunch of we see a bunch of villains, like a bunch of background um, like super villains and other minions and stuff. And they were kind of there was there was a pretty good variety. Like they they all just seemed like very. Um, standard but kind of visually interesting comic book yeah. villains you would find in an old batman issue or something yeah it was pretty well thought out for what basically amounted to be throwaway characters yeah that that's what i um that's what i liked about it like we don't really spend that much time with any of them like the creature of the black lagoon villain or this mm-hmm. or the sumo villain but they're they're all pretty fleshed out for that yeah definitely and thankfully we do get to see them at the end um mm-hmm. and for yes, the, for the yes. chase sequence um and we do get to but see we don't her. get to see dr flux <laughs> no no we don't get to see dr flux who actually is, is played by steve coogan i didn't recognize the voice in the moment oh really yeah that's one of nice. steve coogan's roles and uh, professor flux is just he's he's just a mad scientist character who clones himself well actually he doesn't clone himself he goes into the future and he takes his yes. his future self back with him. Yeah, but you know what? It's more interesting than it's like cool. going I back and it. taking your like older self because then that would create mm-hmm. like some kind of like you know time inconsistency. So I, time travel mm-hmm. works in this film. I feel like yeah. um, fuck you, Avengers Endgame. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another that's another one. I'm gonna 
I'm an MCU apologist, so I'm I'm surprised y'all let me be on, on the show. <laughs> it's okay. We are sometimes as well. The first Marvel flop that comes out, we'll have you on for that one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, Professor Flux gets his fucking neck broken. Like, yes, that was it was fucking brutal. Like they have this giant bomb and they it's it's on some kind of rig and they move it and it hits him in the neck and he just like fucking slumps over. <laughs> and arguably even more terrifying is it kicks off this like this chain of causality through the time stream that eliminates his future selves from ever yeah. having existed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty brutal. Like a dozen deaths happen in a span of like five seconds and it's a throwaway joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of the brutality, the minions like kill a Yeti by dropping a rock on its head. And like <laughs> Uh, they kill Dracula by opening a window and he just disintegrates into dust. And I guess that's, that's a good, that's a good tie in sort of to your blade episode. Yeah. Uh, The minions kill Dracula. Yeah. You know, represents the avarice of white aristocracy. And they kill more effectively than blade does like blade. They have to figure out like some kind of serum. It's like, no, they just fucking opened a window. Like you didn't think of that blade open a fucking window. Yeah. I think that's just David Esquire being a shitty writer. (laughs) Yes. David Esquire needs to watch the minions movies to develop further, further refine his, his writing. (laughs) So yeah, in, in at the, at the villain con, that's where we meet one of the main characters of the movie. Um, Scarlet, um, Overkill, Scarlet. Yeah, that's her last name, Scarlet Overkill. She is the. She's been like declared the greatest villain in the world. She like all the other villains are super happy to be there. Like the the con. Like she she's the guest, the, the star guest of the convention. Um, and she announces that she's looking for minions. Like uh, she uses that word. Uses that. Yeah. Yeah. And the minions are like, <gasps> they're, like so, <laughs> they're so they're so pleased. And um. It's kind of it's kind of cool the way she recruits everyone. She's like anyone who can grab this this ruby from my hand can be my minion. And it's like in this huge stadium full of full of villains and they all, the 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 fight scenes are kind of inventive like the way that these um these villains just kind of bounce into each other and in non-lethal non-lethally for the most part like knock each other out. Um and the minions are just like in the in the in the thick of it all just like tripping people in like knocking people out accidentally Acc- yeah yeah that's yeah. that's their entire mo is accidentally winning <laughs> but that that only adds to lucas's theory that the minions um are nature's way of correcting the mistake of bosses now are the minions are the minions in like the final destination films because i feel like <laughs> oh that's, that's a crossover for the, the ages minions right are behind there. the scenes of the the final destination films <laughs> Well, we do see death in this in this scene. There is yeah. uh, death is in the villain con. Imagine if instead of Scarlet Overkill, there's a, there's an alternate mo- version of this movie where they're the minions for death, and they're just like murking everybody, like just <laughs> murking old people, murking dogs, yes. murking children. Like that would be something. Despite themselves, and they're just being cheerful and happy and selling <laughs> merchandise along the way. <laughs> As the bombs are going off. That's going to be like the last movie that ever comes out. Yes. Be like Ted Ted Turner's, uh, you know, nu- nuclear apocalypse oh, yes. video. This is the last um, thing anybody will ever see on a television. It's the, <laughs> the minions of death. It's 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 the Ted Turner nuclear apocalypse video, but it's 
being delivered by Kevin, and he's just <laughs> he's doing minion speak. <laughs> so yeah, of course the minions grab Ruby from Scarlet, and they they become her minions, and uh, they fly to England where she lives. And um, her ship is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like this stylized lightning bolt, kind of kind of evocative of um, a high heel shoe mm-hmm. too. Um, but yeah, very the the aesthetics of the supervillain stuff um, is very much like Silver Age comic booky, mm-hmm. um, like hyper hyper super advanced science with like this kind of Flash Gordon aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty consistent for all the villain stuff. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, you know probably a better animated film, The Incredibles. Uh, yes, they've got a yeah. very cool sort of retro futurist aesthetic in that mm-hmm. movie but i mean this this was cool as hell too yeah i i was getting like um the whole syndrome uh mm-hmm. vibe from from scarlet's husband herb who we meet when they when they land in england yeah it looks um, like sort of you know if you asked a person in the 60s what the 2000s would look like that's what yes. they would <laughs> come up with <laughs> the answer is a smiling minion face repeated <laughs> for infinity <laughs> if you want a picture of the future <laughs> picture a smiling minion face forever yes. yeah like when they asked those That's... kids in like the 60s like what does the future look like and they drew like flying cars and people with jetpacks it's like nah sorry it's just fucking minions it's a smiley face and that's you know that's 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 kind of that's kind of comforting to me <laughs> you know, throughout the, throughout the ages it's just a nice smiling face um i do think the minions is a case to be made that they're the physical manifestation of emojis. Um, so maybe this movie is kind of like a spiritual sequel to the emoji movie. Yeah. You know, that's, you know I listened, I listened to your episode of the emoji movie and I was like, Ooh, I gotta be on to talk about the minions. And then I <laughs> DM you, Nick. That was the start of darkness yeah. for this episode. I did actually in preparation for this, I tried to figure if there was any kind of, uh, scholarship around why boomers love the minions so much and i did find one article i forget the author's name but he says uh, he he posits that most people love minions because they're evocative of emojis so that's interesting y'all are um, onto something cause, there yeah because i mean the the yellow color and the very very simple but very expressive uh, ex- facial expression mm-hmm. um it, it's like such an immediate connection in in our lizard brain yeah yeah, Forrest Gump created minions, folks. There you have it. <laughs> he would too. Ooh, like that's a good like that's that. a good crossover. Because I mean, they're they're basically the same film, you know. Yeah. Oh my he's god, yeah, they really are. His, he's bumbling through history, <laughs> as are the minions. Holy fucking shit! Wow. We'll have to do an anti episode where we just rip a beloved film. Yeah, and it should be far. It should be Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. Basically, the plot from here picks up with the minions. In England, I guess, uh, you know, they get to, to Scarlet's castle, and that should have probably been our first sign uh, that she might not be all that she's cracked up to be because she lives in a castle, uh, mm-hmm. just like the, the queen that she's trying to overthrow. Mm. Uh, and I think here uh, is where either Kevin or, you know, Kevin or Bob or Stuart calls the other minions. And basically tells oh, them, yeah. hey, we found we found a new leader. Get your ass yes. to England. Uh, and then the other minions who are still waiting in exile uh, start their journey. Yeah, we, we get s- several sequences throughout the movie of 
the the main mass of minions um making their making their way to england um and it's funny it's like sight gags and as they try to like paddle through the ocean and shit yeah um but yeah i think once they get to england that's basically when scarlet sort of reveals her her big plot uh to steal queen elizabeth's crown uh, i think she shows them like a picture of queen elizabeth wearing the crown and at this point, mm-hmm. Kevin sees the queen and says, Cucaracha. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> Which I'm glad I'm not the only one who, who noticed because I saw that in the show notes. I was like, yes, Kevin calls the queen a cockroach. Um, and just a quick note here. I don't think, I don't think it can be stressed um, enough that like three quarters of this film's dialogue is unintelligible. Um, like the, the minions just speak this kind of mixture of Spanish, French, it's like Tagalog and like a bunch of other mishmash words and languages. Um, but that's like most of the spoken uh, sound in this film. I mean, we, we do get like other characters like um, like the Queen and Scarlet and everything speaking English. But much, much of this movie is like just gibberish, which is like a, <laughs> yeah. a bold choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lot like our, our Ewok episode, the Caravan of Courage episode, yes. where you have yes. Burl Ives doing a narration for a, a good chunk of the film. Here we have Jeffrey Rush doing the narration. So, yeah, again, it has like these ethnographic uh, film vibes. And this one even more so because they're dressed mm-hmm. kind of like Inuits. And, you know, the first ethnographic film is Nanook mm-hmm. of the North by mm-hmm. Robert J. Flaherty. Ooh. So... Film history, film yeah. <laughs> film film cut. Cinema. That's what you come here for, folks. <laughs> Pierre Pierre Coffin and uh, whatever the other guy's name is. They're they're true cinephiles. Uh, the directors of this movie. <laughs> uh, we also meet um, Herb, uh, Scarlett's husband. Yeah, uh, John Hamm. He's he's like the brains behind the the operation. Yeah, I feel like John Hamm is excellent casting there. Yeah, no, he he was great. They the, both those characters I actually wish didn't become like the villains of the bad. Of, yeah. yeah, I wish they weren't the antagonists. Like they were kind of cool. They had a good relationship. They had like cool gadgets they, they constructed. They had a really positive relationship, and uh, something that's kind of common in kids' movies, especially, is for like the browbeaten husband and the nagging wife. Yeah, that, that's just like that's just like such low grade, easy like just crap writing that that pervades a lot of um it's just sitcoms and honeymooners and peter yeah. griffin and homer simpson and yeah yeah it's, it's just so easy and that's such the default so it was nice to see like a a, a wife who was like the the driving force behind this plot but the the husband who makes it possible through like mechanical knowledge and they're just they're just equal partners yeah, in, this, good in this scheme yeah minions are egalitarian um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. including sexual liberation. Including, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feminist how, icon, how, Scarlet Overkill. <laughs> it um it has to be asked too. How, how do the minions reproduce? Yeah. How do, how right. Because there's no female minions, right? Hmm. There's no gender. Right? <laughs> I mean, there are if you go on like DeviantArt, but uh, <laughs> 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 which you know, for research, I had to do. Right? Right. Know, I had to research and gotcha. Research yes. this film and get a good base of knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause they're all, I mean, you don't see their, uh, I mean, you see their butts, but you don't see their no, dicks or anything. No. <laughs> um, but they're all named like, you know, Stuart and Kevin and Bob and traditionally male names. Uh, 
But it, is that not society um, foisting the assumption that masculine is the baseline upon these gender lesbians? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I also thought of their names as sort of, uh, you know, characterizing them as the everyman. Uh, they're very mm-hmm. generic male names. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a Phil and a Dave and a Tom and a bunch of names like that. So There, mu- there, there must be a Nick and a Lewis. Yeah, and a Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Again. <laughs> Somewhere. Again. We are all minions. <laughs> they are universal. We are all minions. I'm going to put in my vote for they um they undergo just what is it when when cells split apart? Um Yeah. I mean that's 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 what it looked like mm-hmm. in the you know the very beginning of the film mm-hmm. where they're just little right. little tadpole things with eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I I guess just like yeah, asexual uh, reproduction, right? I mean, I guess that's like similar. Or I mean Every minion that is currently living can never die. So like oh, minions okay. minions are eternal. They can right. they cannot be created nor destroyed. Right. Again, we see we see them being tortured and uh Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Spoiler. Herb tries to kill the minions. Uh you know, one of them gets exploded by a huge bomb, <laughs> still lives. Uh so yeah. The minions are ageless and eternal. They cannot be destroyed. The spirit of the worker cannot be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and that does um, add to your theory. Your th- That's just further evidence for your theory that um, this is nature's way of correcting um, the, the mistake of capitalism. Because mm-hmm. capitalism and, and mortal humans can't destroy the minions. They'll, they'll just keep doing what they're doing mm-hmm. until um, until we get rid of this, this vampiric... Uh, like this vampiric construct that um, kills us all and kills the earth. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm sold. The minions are revolutionary. Like that's just it's just a fact. If if you think otherwise, folks, uh I'm sorry to tell you, you're wrong. This is the most revolutionary billion dollar film franchise. <laughs> the minions um, made one point six or one point sixteen billion dollars. Damn as did Jesus Despicable Christ. Me Too. Damn, I think Despicable Jesus. Me Too made like just under a billion. And then Despicable Shit. Me 3 made like $1.2 billion oh or something. It's, yeah. it's the Damn. third highest, I think, grossing uh, animated film, Minions. Wow. Damn. Well, yeah, James Cameron, you thought your whole Avatar franchise was going to be the most revolutionary <laughs> franchise with all these, you know, environmentalist <laughs> themes. Fuck that. Yeah, the Minions, the Minions were there for us all along. We didn't even know it. <laughs> I want to see um, Minions versus Navi. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, maybe the I'll, would win. Maybe I'll start would trolling win. that guy uh, who only ever posts on Twitter about Instagram oh. or about a uh, yes. about Avatar, and just be like, yes. "Fuck you, minions." Yeah, I mean, tell like, tell tell Lewis about that guy <laughs> briefly. Well, <laughs> I'm honestly like legitimately kind of worried because he used to post every single day, like multiple times a day, about how Avatar was better than the MCU, blah 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 blah. But then <laughs> since Avengers surpassed Avatar. He's gone dark, oh my and he God. hasn't posted in like a week and a half. And I'm legitimately <laughs> kind of worried. That's grim. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. dude. Hope you're okay. But <laughs> MCU is better than Avatar because there's only yeah. one fucking Avatar. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> MCU, you're on blast. You um, MCU's canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. They caused uh, at No Fate 1991 to kill himself. So, fuck Jeez. the MCU. 
Yeah, there's the yes. new MCU. It's the Minions cinematic universe. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> I mean, it basically the, exists. The, yeah. The there's, the Minions would love Tony Stark, and they would like cause his whole fa- his whole company to be destroyed mm-hmm. inadvertently. Mm-hmm. They they would succeed where like Thanos has failed. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And they'd actually like they would inspire him to just continue to be a weapons manufacturer as well. <laughs> yes, they, yes, they would. I don't um, know because you know they always they say that the minions always follow the biggest baddest villain, but like in the case of Gru, he's he's not really a bad guy. He does you know villainish things, but you know isn't really a bad guy. the The only villains that they follow throughout the films that are actually bad guys just wind up dead. So yeah, I think Tony Stark would probably uh, his Iron Man suit would explode or something if yeah. the minions were oh, his yeah. minions. Right, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, I I I take back what I said about Disney. Have them buy every single property so that we can have a an MCU minions crossover. Oh my god! <laughs> Inshallah. All right. <laughs> Um, so what happens next? Uh, Scarlet sends them to steal the crown. Yeah. 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 They get and some cool gadgets from Herb and yeah. go to steal the crown. Yeah. Um, which I, there's a couple, there's a couple sight gags where they try to break into Buckingham palace or, or the tower, tower of London yeah. or whatever. tower of London. Yeah. yeah. Tower of London. Um, and they, they take out the guards. They, they do a dance number with the guards. Yeah. yeah. They, they do the main song from hair. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. They, they do. I had the subtitles on, so I just—that's how I know it. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you were reading the subtitles, how how would it transcribe the minion speak? Um, just like phonetically, like yeah, just <laughs> this is pretty great. So if they said like, so if they said like, ooh, booga 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 booga, like it would spell yeah, that out. Basically, spell that out. That's yeah. and a lot of Spanish. Like it would just do all like the C C, and then uh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great. Highly recommend everybody to watch the Minions film. What's subtitled on? <laughs> Subs over dubs for Minions. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the gadgets are pretty cool. They have uh, a lava gun that kind of looks like a lava lamp. They have mm-hmm. these like extendable arm leg things that kind of look like Doc Ock's uh, tentacles. And then they have... Or Stilt, stilt Man. Or Stilt Man. Actually, more like Stilt Man, I guess. Um, and then they have this like weird goo hat that inflates and uh, mesmerizes people. I think it's supposed to be like an afro because like six, the sixties. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah and <laughs> that's that's how they that's how they hypnotize the guards and, and mind control them to do the hair uh, dance off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get a, a small action sequence with um, one of the like the beef eaters, you know, the uh, the, the guards. <laughs> and but he's he's an old guard, and that's actually another one of Steve Coogan's roles. He's the the old beef mm, eater who's protecting the queen's crown, uh, and he's like blind and deaf, but he like kicks the shit out of the minions. It's like Daredevil versus Stiltman. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they they don't steal the crown. The the, the queen puts the crown on and rides away in her carriage um, in front of like throngs of cheering people, but the minions start chasing them and we get a pretty inventive chase scene. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. I like this scene. I thought it was, you know, kind of goofy and fun and. Oh yeah. Cause the cops are like drinking tea, right? Like while they're chasing, <laughs> like they're drinking tea yeah. 
And then when yes. uh, Bob is with his stilt suit, like he gets on one of those like old like British like row houses, and he's like taking the shingles off with his feet, mm-hmm. and like yeah, there's some invent- yep. inventive uses of like this like the city of London actually, mm-hmm. with with the gadgets. Um, in the in the chasing ends with Bob uh, overthrowing the monarchy and seizing the crown for his own, <laughs> yeah. yeah, pulling the sword from the stone. like literally like that's an actual thing that exists and if you do it you get to Um, be king yeah (laughs) but i guess like they kind of even justify it in universe because bob's the one with the the mecha arms Mm. so that's how he's strong enough to pull the sword from Mm. the stone but isn't it more about being worthy though than being strong you would you would think so but that only reveals the hollow promise behind monarchism yeah oh Oh, yeah which is which is further proven by the fact that bob's just like yeah i don't really want to do this here you, you, you can be queen <laughs> this is kind of silly yeah they they get a lot of they get a lot of jokes out of um king bob like he he does the king speech thing he he's speaking to like the 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 people in the in the square the unwashed masses um, <laughs> yeah it's who all have minion merchandise. Like they also they do immediately. <laughs> they're like, Oh fuck, this is a great merchandising opportunity. Yeah. They all become the minions of a minion. Yeah. But you're right. It is kind of like an actual like King speech reference so much because like, you know, the movie King speech yeah. and the King who uh, mumbled and, you know, uh, slurred all of his words. It's like, they don't understand a word that Bob says. He's just talking his minion speak and they're just like, whatever but then every time he yells king bob they're all like oh yeah Yay. king bob <laughs> yeah the the plebes respond to um base calls to to nationalism um that's all that's all they're there for <laughs> <laughs> this movie is pretty insidious it's it's it, it it offers you the promise of like of a worker paradise but it shows you that um the path there is dark and full of terrors yeah yeah yeah, just like the movie Insidious, so that's another crossover they could do. It <laughs> <laughs> made no sense, folks. Sorry, <laughs> just had to say it. Y'all gotta have Game Master Anthony on as a as a guest. Who is it? Oh, have you ever seen that post? No. Game. No. Ma- oh man. You, okay, after the show, look up Game Master Anthony, or I'll send it to you on on Twitter. Okay. Uh, All right. Looking forward to it. And so, I, I guess the 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 rest of the plot is. Um, the minions trying to uh not i guess like fight not fight scarlet but like they they want to get back into scarlet's good graces because she's pissed at them for stealing the crown for themselves um and they and she's trying to she's trying to destroy the minions but they're just trying to help her still mm-hmm. throughout the rest of like the movie right because they do make her queen they do. Bob they does do. abdicate. Yeah, Bob and they're abdicate, like, yeah. they're, there's laws. You can't just do that. And then, like, we see him with the wig on. And he's like, in fucking parliament. Guess what? We're the laws. <laughs> yeah. They, they are agents of chaos and they, they destroy everything they touch. Yeah, it really just highlights what a, what a house of cards this all is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a minion's house of cards crossover. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> the British version. Yeah. The, uh, that'll be, yeah. That'd be less problematic. <laughs> this is, and then, and then after after Scarlet ascends to the throne, this is where we get the torture sequence, um, make, making the case to young children that torture is not only immoral but it's ineffectual as a means of obtaining information. Mm. Um, so uh, fuck you, um, Sam Harris. Uh, the Minions movie has proven you wrong. <laughs> torture doesn't work. <laughs> 
Yeah. You actually become friends with your torturers and you just take Polaroids together. That's what happens, Sam Harris. So I encourage you to go get tortured, Sam Harris. Just kidding. Didn't say that. I mean, in Minecraft. Bye. <laughs> do do what um i mean you didn't other, tell you didn't another... tell anybody to torture sam harris you oh, told him true. to to do it of his own free will so i think you're legally okay <laughs> the the last the last good new atheist um arguably good but kind of declining in his old age um christopher hitchens he did torture himself he 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 did the waterboarding um to prove he and he underwent waterboarding in a controlled environment to prove that it should be considered torture yeah and that's what killed him no, it is not what killed him. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I was under the. No, it's no, not what I was under the no. assumptions. <laughs> I was. It's okay. Um. So yeah, uh, the after after the Minions movie makes the case, the the moral case against torture. Um, the Minion. What happens? They kind of escape. They just like they do escape through the sewers. Yeah, they break out of jail. Yeah, which right. again, a cab Minions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pro. Prison abolition. All right. I like it. Yeah, Makes people sense. always talk about how good Paddington 2 is with its anti-prison oh, messages. Yeah. But, you know, the minions are there breaking out of prison, what, three years earlier? Yeah, that's true. And at the end of Paddington, yeah. they actually show that, like, prison just can be reformed and made nice. So this movie's like, <laughs> oh, no, damn. fuck that assumption. Like, prison's bad. You just got to get out. So. Uh, and then this is also when the, the greater mass of minions uh, arrive um on the island oh wait they, no the uh the minions so they escape bob stewart and uh-huh. kevin escape um and then they like they go through england and they see the queen um, oh yeah drinking <laughs> drinking in a bar um and then they get to uh scarlet's coronation and they're just sort of watching from yes. the rafters yeah yeah and yeah, then yeah. uh yeah, they like they hop onto a chandelier, and there's a really funny sequence with a, bu- a <laughs> bee chasing them. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just really, really goofy funny. and uh, slapstick. Uh, so they're running around the chandelier, and as they're running around, it's unscrewing it, uh, yes. and it's positioned right above Scarlet's head. So there's a good, you know, little dose of tension there where they're unscrewing it, and then they mm-hmm. turn around and start rescrewing it back in. And then they're unscrewing it and rescrewing it, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Until finally they unscrew it and it falls on top of her head. Uh, but unfortunately, she's not killed. And uh, touchingly, Herb is like devastated and he runs over and he's like, someone help me, someone help yeah. me. And like just the, these two people love each other and they, yeah. they, they have a positive, uh, healthy, active uh, lifestyle relationship. Yeah. Trying to overthrow the monarchy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it had been established previously that like her dress for the coronation had like high something armor, like it was really yeah, very protective. Yeah, very protective. It's, an iron, it's, it's an, an Iron Man suit, basically. Something. Yeah, it's basically an Iron Man. Yeah, suit. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, um, it's like high high fashion Iron Man suit. Yeah. Um. So she actually survives. They don't actually have to like. They're trying to like all the villains start like trying to lift the chandelier, but she actually just like breaks out of it herself. Uh, with her with right. her Iron Man suit, um, and then yeah, that precipitates the the chase sequence where all of the the villains that we met at VillainCon are here for the coronation, and they chase the minions uh, throughout England, uh, throughout London, and I think this is where they go to the Irish pub 
and they see the queen. Yes. Is the, okay. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was interesting too, because um, like I, I just don't think the queen would be in an Irish pub. An Irish like, pub. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> for yeah. you know years well, and years of uh, basically oppressing the Irish people. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe she was on a bender and she was like, I'm I'm at my low point. I might as well just like say fuck it, it all with the Irish. I never do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn Catholics. Yeah. And then in the next in the sequel, she's actually uh, gonna unify Ireland. Uh, Ooh. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna be a pro IRA film. <laughs> yes, um, and there were actually some cool uh, sequences and visuals of the the villains chasing the minions through London. Um, it kind of reminded me of like a like a Sherlock Holmes vibe. Like mm-hmm. there were like these dark, misty streets with mm. like the lonely lamp lights. Yeah, and uh, there, there's one shot in particular. I think it's Kevin. He's um, it's after Bob and Stuart get captured, but Kevin is just running down a street. But the camera is positioned like inside of an alleyway, and it's pulled really far back from the street that Kevin's running down, and it's it just like the framing of it, like this little mm-hmm. lonely lost minion running down a street, but we're still far away, and like we can only see him through an alleyway, and it's dark and misty and everything. It, it was just a cool shot. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, like fuck I, me. I don't but... know if you call it cinematography in an animated <laughs> movie, but like <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it. I think there's still some person who's basically like just an animating uh, director, basically that is yeah. considered a cinematographer for yeah. a movie like this. Yeah. Um, someone has to make those decisions, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, it's there's some pretty decent cinematography in this sequence. I liked there was that one shot where it's like a low to the ground shot, and it focuses on like the puddle. Mm-hmm. in the street and then like the the, yeah. the creature from the black lagoon comes out and he starts attacking kevin and then when he gets captured and pulled under the puddle we pull back and it's just like looking down on the puddle like this lonely mm-hmm. puddle mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere yeah now there's yeah, there's some good, good um sight gags and and just slapstick humor in, in in this sequence um like when the conan villain the conan the barbarian villain like picks up the the spike ball villain guy and he like he throws yeah it yeah <laughs> yeah very funny um and then kevin is the last remaining minion and he runs back to scarlet's castle to stock up on weapons and do like a rambo thing Mm -hmm. um but then the other villains find him and in a panic he runs into a previously established um experimental machine of of herbs Mm -hmm. This is like one of one of the funniest sequences of the entire movie. (laughs) I think it's so stupid, but so funny. I was surprised. It was good. Um, He he accidentally pushes a button, and there's a note on it that says "Do not press." (laughs) And he screams, and he he bumps into a lever, and the lever has a note that says "Do not pull," and he screams again. And he does it like three or four times, yeah. and then the, it causes the machine to start. Yeah, nothing nothing happens after like what he thinks is the last one, so he breathes a sigh of relief, <laughs> and then next to him is a hole that says, do not breathe in this <laughs> hole. Yes. That was fucking great, dude. <laughs> uh. And of, of course, he becomes the Mega Minion. Ooh, yes. Mega Minion. He, he, he grows to like a thousand times his size, and... Um, he easily he easily he sweeps aside all the all the villains and he goes to save his um his minion mates right yeah because by this with the alliteration (laughs) right because at this point his minion mates the rest of them the the horde of uh minions have all descended upon the streets of london the mass of minions the mass of minions yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah he goes to save bob and stewart because 
because um, Scarlet and Herb are going to blow them up in Wily e. Coyote fashion. And he makes it and he saves them. But then he has to fight. He has to throw down with Scarlet because she's she's her suit has like like lasers and rockets and missiles and shit like that. Yeah, they kind of like um, larger versions of like the lava gun, actually. Mm-hmm. Like it's like lava mm-hmm. rockets and lava like turret and stuff like that. Very, very nicely pre-established yeah. technology that they they use. Yeah, well thought out. Like it's actually really surprising, just like the the visuals, how like well thought out they are in this film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then she shoots this gigantic rocket at Kevin. Uh, giant Kevin eats it, and <laughs> we actually think like, ah, oh, fuck, like Giant Kevin's dead now. Um, but as Herb and Scarlet uh, are escaping with her rocket blasters in her dress, uh, Kevin grabs onto them, and they go into the stratosphere and explode. Uh, and do the do the minions sing at this point? Is there a singing? They they hum um, taps. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so they. Yeah. <laughs> this this scene was it's, reminiscent of uh, the end of The Dark Knight Rises, uh, but was you know yep. much much That's better. Right. <laughs> yep. That's right. Also, um, Avengers number one, uh-huh. where Tony Stark takes the bomb. Oh yeah, the missile. Yeah, yeah, but but in this case, it's not the boss saving like benevolently saving mm-hmm. the, the people who work for him but it, it's the one of the workers um putting his own life on the line for his fellow workers um with whom he has an equal status mm-hmm. i mean he's obviously a thousand times bigger than them <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes he is just one of them from each aqu- from each according to his ability to each <laughs> according yeah. to his need <laughs> for some their ability is eating a bomb and surviving <laughs> But yeah, I thought this this uh, was a good little sequence to sort of, you know, showcase what I saw as like a very sort of leftist theme of the movie and that you can only ever really trust your fellow minions. Uh, you can't really mm-hmm. trust the boss no matter what, you know, even if they look like a good boss originally, you know, mm-hmm. in the end, all you've really got is your minions and that's who you should, you know, strive to help as Kevin does. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, Minion solidarity. And going with the immortal minions theory, uh, the bomb does not kill Kevin. He kind of inexplicably, inexplicably just um, shrinks, reverts to, to normal size. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he like parachutes Phoenixes. down. Like he dies and oh. then springs out anew in his original form. Right. Damn. It's, it's like that. There is a constant number of minions in the universe at any given time, and nothing can change that. Mm-hmm. The universe just creates them ex nihilo um <laughs> if any of them are are to somehow be destroyed wow that's that's incredible i like that minions mythos right there <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm here for we we need a we need a lovecraft minions crossover <laughs> yes a big yellow cthulhu <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh yeah, so that's the end of the movie they um I guess by default the queen becomes a queen again. Um, they're they're Kevin, Bob, and Stuart are honored for their efforts. Um, but then Scarlet and her and her make a reappearance, only to be upstaged by um, Gru, Kid Gru, yeah. mm-hmm. who is also uh, at VillainCon in the background. Little Easter egg. Oh really? Yes. He's oh, yeah. He's at VillainCon um, watching Doctor Nefario 
give like a demonstration with his ice gun. Um, and Dr. Nefario and the ice gun are like big parts of Despicable Me 1 and 2. Huh. And that that's kind of neat because that's he, he freezes Scarlet and her with right. the ice gun right. at the end of this movie. It's so that's, lava versus yeah. ice. Wow. Yeah. Damn. This is actually like, yeah, well constructed like it's just the content the <laughs> yes. continuity is actually stellar yeah. like maybe even more so than other franchises not to I, you know i mean i could say mcu again but i feel like we've shit on the mcu too much <laughs> <laughs> that's like what this whole podcast is <laughs> that's, that's fair yeah the, the, the uh, fuck uh mcu yeah, the, this is uh, up with the dceu Damn. that's what this podcast is <laughs> damn yeah the oh god the the world building of the of the minion mythos is it's pretty solid, pretty yeah, pretty damn good. The only time we'll yeah. positively discuss world building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, so Gru shows up with his little dog monster thing on a motorcycle with sidecar, and if you know anything about motorcycles, probably the most famous motorcycle company that makes sidecar motorcycles is called Ural. Which is a so or started out as a Soviet company, uh, and they started out by stealing Nazi technology. They stole a bunch of Nazi BMWs yes. and made their own motorcycles, like reverse engineered them to make their own motorcycles. Uh, so yeah, the motorcycle that Gru rides on comes from a long lineage of anti-fascism. Nice. That is. See, folks, uh, for our first guest, we get some really deep, really uh, niche knowledge here for you. Um, yeah, there's we spared. There's spared two no things expense. I know about it's motorcycles and minions. Yes. <laughs> well, let's just find a, a shitty motorcycle movie and have you back on for Ooh. that. I'm sure I can. I can dig one up somewhere. <laughs> we. When you wear a helmet, like to drive your motorcycle, you, your goggles need to look like the Minion. Oh yeah. my god! I think I've, I've, seen, seen one. I've seen I've seen Minion motorcycle helmets before. <laughs> Hell yes! Um, Just the c- Cyclopean uh, goggle. <laughs> the one goggle. <laughs> also, Lewis, I uh, I am going to push back a little bit. The best Ghost Rider is Cosmic Ghost Rider, aka Frank Castle. Ah, uh, I, I knew I knew this was coming. Nice. I didn't want to say anything. Okay, so I have actually not read those yet uh that oh, is, they're good is, as hell they're um, so good yeah uh, donnie cates right mm-hmm. is that the mm-hmm. yeah i've heard it i heard it's incredible um yeah. i i do want to check that out donnie cates is also also hates cops so if that's any nice okay <laughs> oh, yeah. good wait is is donnie cates the 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 writer, He's or the something, writer. Or? yeah donnie cates because i was gonna i was gonna say if the if one ghostwriter is named danny and then one is named donnie, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> no, yeah, and donnie cates lives in austin and his damn uh, oh damn yeah. oh wow and his, he does a vampire series as well called Redneck, which is about vampires living in Texas, which is also really, really good. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, we don't talk about enough like indie comic books on this show. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. DC and Marvel <laughs> shit. So thank it's you for injecting that into there. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, we'll, we can have that. We can have that battle. That, uh. <laughs> no, I, like, honestly, I haven't read any Ghost Rider comics aside from Cosmic Ghost Rider. I just wanted to be a contrarian. That's fair. Uh, well, hey, that's welcome here. Uh. Finally enough. Um, so for workers of note, we these animated movies are always so damn hard to find workers of note for because there, there's like legions of, of teams that just slave away at this shit. And um, especially when it comes to stuff like the, the animation or the art or whatever. Um, 
but I guess I did find two people here I want to shout out to. Um, uh, Haichem Arfawi, who's the animation supervisor, I guess just as the guy who is in charge, he, he deserves some kind of props here. And then <laughs> this was a funny thing I found on IMDb. Um, Charlie Ofroy, who's the intern in the animation in the animation department, um, just to, to bring in some some legitimate politics here. Uh, the concept of internships is really fucked up and it's it's really gross that we still have them at all. Yeah. Um especially when they're unpaid, especially when they're paid sub sub like substandard wages. Right. Especially when they're when they get no benefits or whatever, and it's just like a oh, putting your putting your dues, kid, and you'll mm-hmm. make it someday. Um so yeah, and like I, I've been an intern. I I I know I think Lewis has. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about yeah. you, Lucas. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure many many of our <laughs> no, listeners but I've worked have experienced plenty of shitty restaurant jobs, so <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, shout out to Charlie for sticking with it and, uh, you deserve, you deserve better. Like all workers yeah. do. Especially being like the only intern in the animation, uh, department, like, That's or wild. at least like one section. I'm sure there's like a billion different animation departments within, uh, you know, the illumination studios or what other, um, you know, studios made this film, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that we can only find like one intern name. That's nuts. Oh, do it. I did a control F and there's one other intern listed on IMDb. Um, this person's name is Gabriel Dibb, who's the intern for the music department. Okay, cool. Shout out. Shout out to all yeah, interns yeah. out there. All interns Sorry. should unionize. So, closing thoughts. Uh, Lewis, who would you recommend this film to? Uh, so, my broke recommendation, um, kind of want to piggyback off what we were talking about in terms of like character design and such. Um, as we said, there's a lot of cool characters that are hearkening back to like silver age comic book stuff. Um, and I think they are like a good masterclass in like archetypes basically. So I recommend this to any screenwriter, comic book writer or, or artist for that matter, who wants to just understand what, how archetypes work, um, and what they what they look like the iconography of archetypes um because yeah who would have thought like the minions film would do that really well <laughs> well probably lucas knew that the minions <laughs> film would do that well course, but i was surprised some of us knew <laughs> <laughs> yeah for um for my woke recommendation i would say um any snot-nosed budding little monarchist or anglophile kids um <laughs> Of which I, don't of know, which like I was one. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I studied abroad in London. This is the, the first time in the, the hour that we've been recording that I mention it. Uh, it you Damn, know, it, it, took, nice. it took a while. Or, you know, it took a lot, it, of, a, a lot of effort to, to not say it. But This, this is your movie, truly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> truly on all levels. I, mean, I, I guess I wasn't a monarchist, but I was definitely a little bit of an Anglophile. But yeah, the, this movie, I don't know, it, it, it can kind of like, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm I'm kind of going off my um my recommendation for Sucker Punch here like use this as an introduction an introduction for kids who like shit like that but then kind of slowly divert them away into the other minions movies so they kind of become more interested in a uh, meme culture rather than anglophilia. Nice. <laughs> yeah. A much more worthwhile pursuit. I feel like our woke recommendation is always like propagandizing the film uh, for some kind yeah. of leftist means, which is great. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just I, I realized that like the last few have been that. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I I didn't plan that, but it just came out organically, which is kind of great. Yeah. All right, and our bespoke we will leave up to Lucas. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess uh, bespoke sort of tying into propagandizing this film for for leftist purposes. <laughs> uh, 
I would recommend this film to anybody who's either a communist or, uh, you know, has been flirting with leftism a little bit, uh, because as with this film and Despicable Me 1, uh, I think they're both pretty good, like, Marxist-Leninist propaganda. I would recommend they watch Mm -hmm. this one and then go back and watch Despicable Me 1, uh, because that one's full of, you know, tasty little tidbits. So you you would recommend watching them in chronological, in-universe order, not release order? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Nice. Where would uh, Despicable That's... Me 2 fall on, like, the propaganda scale? Like, um, It's not as good. I mean, it's, like, maybe as good of a movie as Minions, but it's not as overt propaganda. Um, it's the okay. one I took the least notes about when I was watching them. <laughs> um, I've got my notebook here. Let me... Uh... Let me open that up here because there are, you know, there are, there are some, uh, you know, sort of propagandistic stuff in there, but it's more of a straightforward love story uh, where Gru sort of Mm. finds love with a woman who's kind of in like the CIA, uh, but then makes her, makes her quit the CIA basically. uh, Oh, hell yeah. Okay. That's dope. All right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, you know, there's not, there's not as many like little tiny nods to, you know, Soviet aesthetic and stuff, but it is, I mean, it is like, sure. like this move or like the minions movie or like Incredibles. There's a cool sort of retro futurist cold war aesthetic to the whole thing. Hmm. Nice. So yeah, does Gru go back that, and yeah. like kill the Dulles brothers? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> he can with once he unlocks the secret of time travel, right. Once he rediscovers it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He has to go uh, to Orlando, into the bayou or the swamp, and go dig up uh, Professor Flux's invention that they just <laughs> fucking left there at Villain Con. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that, w- that was Minions, folks. Um, Lucas, thank you so much for being our first guest. It was a very successful um, first guest episode, I think. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having me. Thanks for being here, Lucas. Really incredible. I probably would not have watched the Minions movie uh, if not for your recommendation. So well, that's, I, I, that's I, that's I do appreciate it. For. <laughs> Spread on the gospel. <laughs> Thanks, folks. See you next time. See you next week. Thank you.